What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us for the second season of exploring the best voices and stories the Heartland has to offer. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 2. Good day and uh, welcome to the 17 County Podcast. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Uh, this helps us grow and learn from our uh, fans and listeners, and we would like to thank you for your support. Um, our guest today is the current administrator for Nebraska Evangelical Lutheran High School. He grew up in Gretna, attended uh, Nebraska Evangelical Lutheran High School uh, for high school uh, before heading off to uh, college up in Minnesota at Dr. Martin Luther College. Um, he made quite the journey around before finally making his way back to Nebraska. And so we're very excited for him to be back in York County and the state of Nebraska. Welcome to the uh, show today, Skip. Uh, thank you, Derek. It's, it's uh, an honor and privilege to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So talk to me a little bit about um, arriving to Nebraska Evangelical Lutheran back in 1979. You know, what was that kind of like? You know, to, to be really honest up front, I did not want to come to Waco. Um, when uh, I was an eighth grader and beginning in 1978, my dad started talking to me and would say stuff like, hey, there's this new Lutheran high school opening up out in central Nebraska. Um, what do you think? And I would kind of look at him and laugh and say, uh, no, uh, I liked where I was at. I, I love Gretna. Um, good friends, did a lot, love sports. Gretna always has been a good sports town. It still is. Um, of course, I always tell people I grew up in Gretna when it was little. It's, it's grown quite a bit. But um, I, I came really kicking and screaming. I really wanted to hate this place. I was hoping to make my parents miserable so that they would take me back home and not have me stay out here. And I tell you, within about two weeks, I totally forgot I was trying to hate the place. Um, the Nebraska Lutheran was the first time I'd ever been in uh, full-time Christian schools. I uh, went to public school at Gretna, just loved it. And so I thought it was going to be a bunch of uh, Jesus freaks and a bunch of people walking around with Bibles and praying all the time and just being kind of weird. And I found out that that was not the case. And the teachers that I had here uh, were just phenomenal and um, just really helped transform me um, to kind of kind of partnering, I guess, with my parents and partnering with God to, to to turn me into a Christian young man that I so desperately needed to become. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, your teachers, what were some of your favorite teachers and subjects while you were in school down there? Or in oh, school I, there? Yeah, I, I think um, probably it's hard to separate, but I'll give you two. Uh, Dick Everts is uh, probably my favorite all-time teacher. And just, I think of him all the time in the classroom as well. Uh, Mr. Everts was a teacher a public school teacher when the school opened he worked with our district president to to become a teacher over here and he taught science uh, he ended up was our basketball coach my my senior year as well uh, but dick everts was just um just a, a a good christian man who cared uh, he was he would be known for setting down his textbooks just to talk life uh, when we needed it and when i look back at all the even the work that we do today uh, that first year there were four teachers i think the second year there was like five or six uh, my senior year, we had 104 kids, and I think we had like seven or eight teachers, and I just wonder how in the world do they do all that? And between, between him and, our, and one of our pastors, who was a teacher here, Roger Schultz, 
um, just those two men, I, I just would go talk to them a lot. They would help me out with life. They would put me back on the straight and narrow when I got um, way too cocky for my own good. And um, I remember Roger Schultz even throwing, I, used to, I played Legion baseball at Gretna. And so they'd let me drive back and forth um, in, in the spring to go to games. And, and I'd always have batting practice with Pastor Schultz. And uh, that man could throw a curveball that would start behind me and still go over the plate. And I always hated that. But I'd say Dick Everts and Roger Schultz and science I loved. I mean, we, we could do all kinds of fun stuff that you can't do anymore. Uh, we used to blow stuff up all the time. Uh, remember my chemistry uh, final uh, project that was assigned to me was a simulated grain elevator explosion and the science behind those. Uh, there's, there's one that had happened that year. And so we, we did all kinds of unique things that today I, uh, it's frowned upon. And as a principal, now I kind of look and go, no, I wouldn't let my teacher do such a thing. <laughs> We had a high school chemistry teacher that used to blow the grain dust in the air and then light it on fire in the air. And that was, yeah. that was very fascinating to watch and see. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. To have those kind of teachers and role models. It really helps, you know, keep students, you know, ingrained in everything or uh, involved in everything kind of going on in the classroom. If, you know, they can attach to a teacher and, you know, have some sort of bond or relationship I do believe it helps the student, you know, be much more, you know, attentive in that classroom. Yeah, the more, the more teachers can engage with their students, the better. And that's what I just loved about those teachers or even going back into my grade school years. The, those that could engage you, um, really respect you as a human being, never be your friends. You don't, you don't need a teacher to be your buddy. Um, no. But when you, when you feel respected and know that your opinions matter, even if they're stupid and dumb, um, you know, it's the same thing I've told my boys, you know, people have difference of opinions. It doesn't matter if it's political, spiritual, academic, anything, they do have the right to their opinion, even if you think it's wrong. And then vice versa, the same thing. Um, you, you have the right to your opinion, even if people think that it's wrong, but be respectful, listen to other people's viewpoints and uh, accept people the way they are. So how did um, Nebraska Ev Evangelical kind of prepare you for your kind of next steps and your journey onto uh, college, you know, and everything like that? Mm -hmm. um, for for uh, Nebraska Lutheran, I think one of the, the blessings that we still have is it's our dorms. Uh, about 80% of our students live in the dorms. Um, domestically, we have students from Eastern Colorado, some from the Kansas City area, one from Arkansas. Um, so we, we have a variety of students. And so obviously they're not gonna commute. Students from Omaha Lincoln don't commute. So they live in a dorm and when we're in the dorms, um, for us, we had, it was, it was more strict. We had Sunday night through Thursday night, we had required study hall in our dorm rooms for two hours. Uh, we've cut it down to about an hour and a half now, uh, but Sunday night we don't really enforce because it's just, it's not a battle. It's just let the kids just get back and enjoy life from the weekend. Um, but really forcing you to have homework. Um, schools always come easy to me and when I grew up, I don't really remember ever having homework as a grade school kid. And so when I got to high school and we had to sit and do homework for two hours, it really forced you to slow down a little bit, not just to get the, the worksheet done, let's say, but actually try to learn the material. And we have students that go off from here off to college that they'll say the same, very similar things that they felt Nebraska Lutheran prepared them for post-secondary education. Um, so well, if nothing else, just how to do homework, uh, how to write a, a term paper, how to write a paper, how to organize your time, um, how to balance 
uh, both social life, um, athletic or um, uh, musical life as well with everything they have to do. And for a lot of these kids, they've been in the dorms for four years. So when they go off to college as an 18 year old, it's not a novelty and they're not running wild. And they kind of wonder why some kids can't figure out how to get their homework done, but they've had that advantage of doing it. And I'd say that the same would be true um, for me back in that day, getting ready to, to head off to school up in Minnesota, um, just to prepare for that, what to do well, try to get things done. Yeah, I know I really um, appreciated when I went to university, I lived within a fraternity and I had a real group, close group, similar to probably your close group that you build within your um, you know, male and female dorms. I mean, those bonds that you get by living, you know, right next to people are you know, way different than what you'll get, you know, doing anything else. Um, so your journey up to New Elm, you know, describe your time up there at Dr. Martin Luther uh, College um, and your time there on campus. Well, senior year, oh, around this time, probably a little bit earlier, um, it was kind of, it came down to two schools finally for me. Um, at about five or six, I was looking at, but then it finalized, came to uh, um, Concordia and Seward. That's actually where Mr. Everts went. I think he's in their baseball hall of fame as well. Um, but over over there or up at New Ulm. And if I was gonna go to Seward, I was gonna be a high school science teacher. And if I was gonna go to New Ulm, I was gonna be a grade school teacher because that's pretty much what that school is. So um, with working with some teachers, talking to my pastor, talking to my parents, just decided to to go up to, to New Ulm. Uh, back then it was called Dr. Martin Luther College. Uh, we merged with our pastor's college and so it's just Martin Luther College today. Um, but the, the, the purpose of the school back then, the sole purpose was to train Lutheran teachers for the Wisconsin Synod. And so that's where you went if you wanted to teach in our, in our Synod schools. So um, went up there, um, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm probably different than most people. I enjoyed high school more than college. And not that college was bad. I really liked it, loved it, got good friends there, uh, met my now wife there. Um, but it's just a... Nebraska Lutheran is such a, a small, close-knit family um, that that was kind of great. Got involved in a lot. Um, I guess when I think about college, I think about injuries. I got hurt all the time. Um, I tried playing football for four years, uh, broke my collarbone um, at Seward Concordia. And so I was roommate in the hospital um, with their nose tackle and still remember uh, um, coaches coming over and visited with me and asking if I just wanted to stick around at Seward, Seward <laughs> to go to school there. Um, but I, I got hurt quite often, but I, I really liked it. Um, beginning part, I think with most people, really had the thoughts, is this really what I want to do the rest of my life? And I'd say there's a few professors up there that were phenomenal. Um, they weren't my guidance person. They weren't my um, class advisor, but you can go talk to the professors and, and just kind of open up and say, here's what I'm really frustrated with. What do you think? And they they help you talk through things. I really, really like that too, because New Orleans is a small campus as well. Uh, professors teach their classes. There's, there's no, you know, student assistants and things like that. Um, up on campus, you're able to get involved in a lot. Uh, my freshman year, I was involved in too much. Uh, if you were to look at my transcript, you would see that. Uh, but I played football, basketball, and baseball my freshman year. So getting homework done was, um, Dad and I had a little conversation on that one. Basketball. <laughs> Um, but I got involved, loved, uh, loved the student government type stuff, student union board was on that, was on ski club, uh, collegiate council my junior, senior year, 
Um, it was an RA in the dorm junior, senior year. It was, it's kind of fun getting involved that way. And uh, it, was, it wasn't a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun to be able to, to do that. And like I said, it's, uh, my wife, Kathy, was a year behind me. Uh, we started dating her freshman year, um, got engaged my senior year. And then after she graduated, uh, we ended up getting married. And, and uh, she was started a kindergarten at my first place I was at. And we were pretty open about I was the boss at school. And that was about it. She could be the boss at home. And 30 some years later, that's worked out pretty well. Nice. Right on. So how did um, you find your path to your kind of first position there at St. John's Lutheran? You know, how did um, you, was that like through your teaching requirements or anything like that? Or I guess, how did you land there? Our, our Senate works things a little bit different again with the, with the Wisconsin Senate. We, we have what's known as assignment day. And so at the end of your four years, uh, some kids now go four or five, but for the four year plan, you get done with your school. Uh, there's a questionnaire you fill out, you work with your advisors. Uh, do you wanna be in a small town, a big town? You wanna to stay in the United States? You wanna to go to some of our foreign schools, all those fun things. And then we go to a, a service. And at the end of the service, they read your name and they tell you where you're going. And so the first one, it's, it's a true assignment uh, that you go to. And I, I still remember um, reading through the list. Uh, this was back in the era, this was in 87. And a lot, of, a lot of people did not get assigned right away. There was too many teachers. And so they always had two call days. And I still remember after they read all the names, I, I turned to one of my friends, Allison, I said, did they read my name? Because I didn't hear it. And she laughed at me and probably hit me and said yes. Um, but when I had that first call to St. John's, I was called to be a principal. So I'm 22 years old. I was called to go serve as a principal and as a teacher. Uh, it was a three-room school to serve as head organist. And I remember walking up to the district president and just telling him he had made a mistake. I said, I can't be a principal and I don't know how to play the organ. Um, so he told me I would be fine and he would tell the congregation I don't play the organ. Um, so it's, it's a little different. So once you get to a, a place like that, um, then after three or four years, you can be um, assigned. And I'll, I'll mention that in a second. But St. John's has got such a great, great big part of my heart still is there. Uh, what a beautiful place to go. It was a small rural town, um, about, oh, about 4,000, 5,000 people maybe. Uh, but anyway, a small rural town in, in central Wisconsin. And um, the, the two people I served with, a staff of three, um, just one had 15 years experience. Uh, the other one had been a stay-at-home mom after teaching for a while and came back to teaching. And they took this stupid idiot of a kid that was assigned as a principal under their wings. And I learned so much. Uh, I learned so much that first year. Uh, Sharon and, and Marilyn are just so important. And, and Mar Sharon especially, I'd walk in at the night, at the, at the, sorry, the afternoon. And I'd say, Sharon, this is what happened today. This is what I did. What should I have done? And then <laughs> I was either dumb enough or smart enough to shut up and listen to her experience. And um, just being there, the people were phenomenal. Uh, they, they spoke from the heart. They, they're everything on their sleeve. There's no, you didn't have to worry about what they were thinking because they told you good, bad, or whatever. And I just love that. And so I, I enjoy going back up to Nielsville to, uh, to visit up there. And then from there, I, I ended up getting a call to uh, California. Um, again, uh, a warning for everyone to tell people what you don't think you want God to do. 
Um, I told my wife um, I would never go to a big city. I love little towns. And my wife said she would never go to California. And about a, probably two weeks after that conversation, I got a phone call uh, from Torrance, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, and decided to go there as a teacher and a principal of a two-room school. So kind of like Little House in the Prairie meets LA. Um, again, phenomenal people. The students there just were so much fun. Um, we probably had at least half that weren't even part of our church body, which made it great and wonderful as well. Um, and then after being out there for a while, uh, decided to work on a master's degree and ended up moving to Phoenix and uh, working at ASU to get my degree and taught at Bar Paradise Valley Christian School. So it was not a Lutheran school uh, for a year when I started that master's degree and then took a position at Grace Glendale and um, was there and just, again, loved that school and those people. I think that's probably where we're going to retire, uh, move back and, and join there. My parents are members of that church now and um, just really en enjoyed that time. Um, watched Glendale, Glendale kind of grow too. Um, house we had is across the street from where the football stadium is. So it's kind of fun watching that get built. Uh, we didn't get enjoyed oh, yeah. because we, we moved right away. We moved uh, about six months before the first football game there, but got to go to the hockey games. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, and then from there, I ended up taking a call. I thought I'd never go back to our Synod hub, um, but I did. Went to uh, St. Paul and Muskego. Uh, Muskego, I'd never heard of the school before, which is sad because there's 2,400 members in that church. It's a huge church and a big school and outside of Milwaukee and served there pretty much just as principal. Same at Grace Glendale, a big one, just as principal. Um, and then ended up with my my, son, my fourth boy, when he graduated from eighth grade, went off to high school. Uh, three of my boys had graduated from Wisconsin Lutheran High School in Milwaukee. And then that's, I went there with my son, Alex. And so I served the first time as not being principal, as director of guidance. So it's a little bit different role. Uh, but it's also a polar opposite size of our school system. Uh, Wisconsin Lutheran High School has, I think this year they've got about 830 kids. It's a pretty good sized school. Um, so I was there, and then to make a very, very long story wrapped up, um, when Nebraska Lutheran, same thing with, um, with the calling body, got a phone call and they asked if I would consider coming back to serve as principal um, with, the, with the vacancy that they had. And, and after just looking at different issues and things, it was really hard to say no. Um, so we left three boys back in Wisconsin, one in Arizona, one came with us, uh, but Coming back to Nebraska Lutheran, I've, I've loved everywhere I've served. Uh, the students that I've had, I've made great connections with them. Uh, there's a few from those first two schools that are, you know, they're in their 40s and they won't call me Skip. It's, no, you're Mr. Bremer, you know, and they send me notes and stuff all the time. But um, just a, a great privilege to be able to have, have served in so many places, uh, different parts of the country. Uh, just a, a wonderful world we live in. And um, it's, it is great to be back and, and, uh, and living in Waco again. Definitely. Um, so talk me a little bit through, um, you know, the transitions to the different, you know, you said calls, like, could you elaborate a little bit more on what, what you mean by those? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, everyone, everyone talks about having a calling in their life and that's true. It's the passion that they have. Uh, that's actually the phrases that, that we use. So when a, when a church or a school looks at, uh, wanting to bring in another teacher. Um, our process, the way we do it, is we communicate with, uh, as a school, we communicate with our main office, which is in the, the greater Milwaukee area. 
and we contact Commissioner Lutheran Schools. We talk to our district president. Uh, we have 10 district presidents in our country and they will send the governing body a name of four or five or six names. We think this person might be able to serve in the position you're looking for. And then through prayerful consideration, uh, one of those names are picked. And then out of the blue, we make a phone call to the person and say, surprise, we want you to come teach here. And then it's kind of a reverse interview process. Then at that point, you don't have to go, but then you have two calls. So a call is we, we think, we say through the governing body, through the church body, um, for here at Nebraska Lutheran, our board, board of directors, that God uses us to extend a call that we want you to serve um, in Christ's kingdom here at this congregation or this school in these, these ways. And then for the next three, four, five weeks, uh, the individual wrestles with where can I best serve Jesus. Uh, family gets part of it, things like that, but it really does come down to um, where can I best use where can I serve Jesus best? And then that's where it, where it kind of knocks down to. And, and so the decision to come here to Nebraska Lutheran is to, to try to help them out, keep the school um, running great. Uh, it's got a great reputation for academics and just the, the family feel that it has here. And it, the school, I could say it, but it's, it's not an it, it's people. Um, the people that were here, both the students the uh, faculty, the, the people around. First year, we didn't have dorms. I, I lived uh, with a, just a dear family. They became like a big brother, big sister, the Rimmers in York. Um, pretty much everyone listening to this will know them because I think Judy has babysat most of their kids through her daycare <laughs> for the last 30 years. Um, but just the people that, that make it wonderful, that made such an impact on my life. How do I say no? You know, can you come here? And, and my, my wife said, let's go. She was, she was good with it. Um, very difficult to leave the, the kids behind, um, but it was, it was the right thing to do. So um, calls, it's nothing special, you know, to, to us and our Lutheran system or whatever, uh, but that's just the way we say God works through the frailties of human life uh, to get people where he wants them to go. I, I sometimes think it'd be easier. I know there's a very large church body that just tells people where to go, and I kind of think, man, we really take a lot of decisions out of it and make life easier, but um, but that's okay. There's, there's no one right way or wrong way. It's the way our church bodies decided to do it. So, uh, we don't, we don't apply for jobs. We don't say, Hey, I'd really love to go to uh quarterly Idaho. Let's open up a school. I'll come and here's what I'll do for you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's yeah. really a, a reverse, um, job application, if you will, for the positions we take. No, that's interesting. Yeah, though, no, that's, um, so you talked a little bit about, um, you know, some things that are going on at, you know, with academics at Nebraska Lutheran currently, you know, talk to me a little bit about the current state of Nebraska Lutheran, you know, maybe some people, some listeners are not, you know, so familiar with um, the school. So if you could just kind of, um, you know, give us a, a rundown of, of, of the school. You bet. Um, especially with what's going on with the COVID-19. First of all, I just got to say, I, I love being in this state for having our government really deal with us as adults. Uh, I won't get political, <laughs> I promise. Um, but it's, it's nice that here's, here's the governing rules, here's what we should and should not be doing, but yet not you know, saying if you walk out of your house, you're gonna get a $500 fine, you know, things like Correct. that. Um, and, and I think it's also because of the people in Nebraska. I mean, in, in a very good way, we are different. 
Um, a lot of people around the country, they're wonderful as well. I've lived around there. Uh, but, you know, when you go down the road and people wave to you and you don't know, I mean, that, that brought a smile back to me when they first got here. Um, but anyway, just dealing with that, uh, Commissioner of Education Blomstead is, um, you know, I've been able to be involved every week in the superintendent's meetings that he has statewide. Uh, he's begun uh, the non-public school um, con uh, Zoom meetings as well every week. So I'm in on those and just taking the guidance that they have and really letting us be educational leaders for and do what's best for students. That's awesome. So the way Nebraska Lutheran has, has dealt with that is, you know, our continuity of education plan, every school submitted those, what we're doing. Uh, we have a, kind of a unique balance of both international and domestic students here. Uh, we've got local students, we've got students around the state and a few states uh, nearby. And so we're very fortunate that part of our um, just regular academic that we do is every one of our students has, um, has a laptop and we've got a high bandwidth here. Uh, we use Google uh, platform for a lot of things. Uh, we use electronic uh, communication even on campus. So the transition for us, um, although it was big, it might have been less daunting than it could have been. So with all of our students, we, they took all their textbooks home with them. They took their computers with them. Uh, they'll take care of them. If not, I guess we'll buy more computers next year. Um, but we're, we're doing things like um, our school information system where all of our grades are on. Those are already online for our parents to be able to see and have access to. Uh, we're using different platforms like Schoology's got a, a free platform. Um, our teachers are using to, to post their weekly lessons. Um, you know, a screencast type product to um, record lessons if we need to. The kids can actually watch like a lesson's going on. Uh, we also use the wonderful Zoom. Uh, so we all have Zoom accounts and uh, we meet with our students once a week's required to go through the week, see how things are going. Um, other teachers are scheduling throughout the week, sometimes with small groups, uh, individual. Um, it's, it's really a, a nice blessing to have. Uh, I've had, uh, I teach Religion 10. I've had a couple of students say, I can't find something. What a great resource Zoom is, because we'll, doesn't matter, it's nine o'clock at night, I'll say pop up Zoom, and I'll send a request, okay, give me um, control over your computer, and then you can put your mouse and show them, click here, and they'll click there, and you can kind of guide them. So um, what we're trying to do is have, um, I guess, authentic learning. We, we still want it to be as, as real as it possibly can be, but we have to couple that with some compassion, because this is hard. Um, parents and teachers, you know, we're the ones that we see on Facebook and social media about, holy smokes, there's so much to do. Um, think about the students. You know, the students are juggling seven, sometimes eight of these classes. And sometimes we, we try to do things the same as teachers, but there are some differences and nuances. And so the students have to uh, learn how to go through that jungle. And so we try to balance both of those. We want our we want our grading to, to mean something, uh, but yet we also have to chase down students a lot, a lot more than you normally would, but you know, hey, you didn't get this assignment in. Hey, it's been two days, you still didn't get it in. And so we're, we're doing that. And I tell you, as, as principal, I cannot sing the praises of our staff enough. Um, our, our teachers have taken this as an opportunity to say, you know, hey, we're professionals. These are tools we should be using anyway. So what can we do? How can we make this better? Uh, what are we doing today that we can also implement when our students are in our classrooms with us. Uh, we have struggled with how do we make 
um, better contact with our parents, you know, for our dorm students, international students. Well, we're, we're developing ways right now that we have to. And I see that we'll probably be implementing quite a many of those things as an ongoing um, way to communicate with families, not just kids, where when students are absent, they're sick, they miss something, having these different resources um, has, been a, has been a wonderful thing. Definitely. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, what, you know, if, if a parent has like an eighth grader or seventh grader and they're looking to send them to, you know, and, uh, to Nebraska Lutheran, you know, what kind of steps um, should they be making um, to either prepare their student or, you know, get them on your radar or, you know, what needs to be done? Yeah, the, you know, overall, you know, for, for anyone that's listening that's got grade school kids, have them read. <laughs> read and read and read and read and they got more time at home now get books that are interest to them and get them reading get them doing their their homework um, when I go out to what we have 10 grade schools that are in our system um, that are our main feeders and I always tell those students and families you know if you really want to do your best ACT prep um, start in grade school and do all your assignments not just to get the answers but learn the content uh, University of Chicago had a study on that a few years back but um, but for us, for Nels, best one is our, our website's nels.org, makes it pretty easy, Nebraska Evangelical Lutheran High School, so nelhs.org, and there's links that are on there, even if it's just slash explore, people can kind of learn more about us, what to do. It's as simple as just sending me an email, uh, there's an application process, we use TADS uh, for pretty much everything, application, enrollment, tuition, and we work it through, find out if they want dorm life, if they don't want dorm life, and see if it's a good fit. Um, big part of what we always tell students is, just because we have dorms, don't think of it as summer camp, because uh, it's not. You know, it is your apartment, it is your home, and you gotta learn to live with a whole lot of brothers, or in the other dorm, a whole lot of sisters, and you gotta learn to get along, you gotta share. Uh, we typically have two to a room. Um, we have some with three to a room. The boys' rooms are designed for four to a room. Girls are designed for three to a room. Uh, so with the two dorms that we have, um, the girls' dorm also has our cafeteria and our, and our main lobby and student union uh, that's there. Uh, but it's basically it's getting a hold of us and we get transcripts. We see if it's a good fit. Um, we're not a, hey, can you fix my child's school? Um, although we're a dorm school, we're not what we would call a boarding school. Uh, so there's a lot of responsibility our students have. Uh, we, have two, we have teachers who we call tutors that live in the dorms, two male, two female. Uh, their teaching load is about half of a normal full-time teaching load because they live with the kids. They're like the big brothers, big sisters. Uh, mm -hmm. Those students, they oversee them. But it's impossible to have 24-hour supervision of any teenager, uh, including if they're in the dorm. And so um, sometimes some kids will say, oh, it's too strict. And we always tell people, not really. It's got to be as strict at least as what the homes are. So a big part of people are exploring enrollment is uh, just go to nels.org explore um, or even the simplest way to email me is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at nels.org and happy to set up a meeting. Right now it'll probably have to be a Zoom meeting, uh, but once yep. <laughs> we get past all of the, the, the illness restrictions and so forth, I'm happy to head out to people's homes, meet them there, meet them in a coffee shop, then come on campus, love to give them a tour. Would you be able to share like a quick rundown of like a, what a day in the life of a typical student, like maybe, you know, what would like a junior's like schedule look like or something like what would a typical kind of day look like? Sure. Um, for those that live in the dorm, 
Um, students get up, we have breakfast every day at around 7.30, it's about 7.20ish, 7.30. Um, so they have breakfast, they get up ready to go. Our, uh, we have a zero hour uh, where band is at because it's hard to get that to fit in the day. We want more kids in band. Uh, so Steve Springborn, our band instructor, does that during zero hour. So the kids do that before the first hour period. Uh, but typically it runs about 8.30 to 3 o'clock, 3.30, excuse me, on a regular day, 8.30 to 3.30. And um, the students have uh, first and second hour, then we have chapel every day, and then third and fourth, fourth hour split between our freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, for the most part, for lunches, and then finish up through the end of the day. Um, we have more of a, a typical um, college core kind of prep um, coursework for the most part. So like for math, most of our students come in at, at algebra, and then the sophomore year, they take either just um, geometry or they'll take geometry and algebra two, depends on where they want to end with. Junior is typically algebra two or pre-calculus and then goes into AP calculus uh, for that. Uh, so that's kind of typical English every year. Uh, the sciences, uh, we don't have a lot of wiggle room. We typically go physical science, then biology, then chemistry, then physics. If a student's not planning on going to four-year college or if science is also available, for something like that. Uh, because of our size, um, being a small school, uh, we are limited on the number of courses we can offer. Uh, but a blessing that we have is we're, we're part of about 28 other high schools in our Senate. And so we have a, an online program to our students. Um, usually it's juniors and seniors, uh, but where we can do online work. Um, and for those classes to expand it, we don't add anything extra in the tuition. We cover all those costs for the students. Uh, but we also have, it's mostly just seniors, uh, Bethany Lutheran College in Mankato, Minnesota, uh, Grand Canyon University out in Phoenix, and exploring some other schools uh, with dual credit, where also students can expand their, their offerings and take classes where they get a high school credit and they get a college credit. Since they get the transcripts on those, parents pay for those, uh, but the partnerships we have with the colleges, the tuition's pretty low. And if they go to those colleges, usually that tuition's reimbursed to the families as well. A lion's share of our kids, probably around 90% or so, even higher maybe, are involved in extracurricular. Um, many of them with, with sports, uh, many with music, um, especially our choirs. Our choirs are just phenomenal. Uh, I, I, love, I, I love watching the reaction, especially in basketball games, our home games when our KRT is the Knights of the Round Table. It's a, kind of like the select choir, but it's a class that they have. And after the National Anthem, I, I enjoy watching our visitors turn at the end of the, at the National Anthem and go, wow, that was four part. That was awesome. And uh, the kids really do a great job. Uh, they, they love using the gifts God's given them to their, to their glory. And whether it's in sports, music, drama, and everything in between. So our, our students usually get very, very involved. And we switched this last year to... Uh, having activities periods. So on, we have an alternate schedule that um, scrunches up our, our day. We, we don't have homeroom on that day, but it runs from nine to three. And so we do that every Tuesday now, and that gives 45 minutes at the beginning of the day and 45 at the end of the day for student council to meet, uh, newspaper club, um, extra time for speech competitions and so forth. Um, so that way our, our students aren't after sports practice coming in at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night for meetings. So it's, it's really helped out both commuters and our dorm students for that. How many students do you have um, 
I guess, on campus living in the dorms? And then what's your total population? Yeah, we typically, um, over the years, we have about 80% of our kids in the dorms. Uh, this year was probably a little bit less because we have more commuters this year. Uh, this year, we will end with 67 students and 26 of them are seniors. And so at the class sizes, usually around 12 to 15 normally, uh, so we'll, we'll dip again this next year. So yeah, we definitely have room. Um, and then international student-wise, uh, nine of those seniors are international kids. So uh, with the COVID going on too, our international families are very nervous about sending children over for the first time for school uh, nationwide. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that, that works with the, with the dip. So obviously um, finances are, are a big deal with everyone. People are out of work. Um, our 48 congregations that support us, uh, they're not able to meet on Sunday. I'm guessing their offerings likely are going to be uh, down. And so um, finances are an issue um, and then enrollment and so forth. But as we always say, God's in control. And so we know he'll, he'll make it. We have a, a quality product. I mean, even this year with our February ACT testing, we did uh, 13 juniors took it. Three of them are in the 30s. So our, our kids have always done really well. And um, and so we try to take kids where they're at, help them out, push them forward. Um, there's a lot of homework they've got to do here. And um, our students get really well prepared, um, I think, for, for life. And my goal is I hope they all enjoy it as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but do you know your numbers or anything for like students that go on to attend like a four year or are immediately employed right after school? Do you have, do you know those? I don't have exact numbers, but almost every one of the kids go on to two year or four year school for post-secondary. Um, I'd say it's pretty close to hundred percent for many years of kids that go on to post-secondary education. Now, the way I define that is um, kids that go on to get the training they need to um, live in the, uh, the career that they wish to choose. Um, mm -hmm. Great example of that is I am not one that says every kid has to go to college. I have five boys. And of my five boys, uh, my oldest went to a two-year degree, and he works for uh, Bulbs Plus, uh, Batteries Plus Bulbs, and a corporate office IT helping out the, the owners of the stores in Wisconsin is where he's at. Uh, second son went to a four-year school, got a criminal degree justice. He works for uh, JDAC in Maricopa County, Phoenix, um, with the Juvenile Detention Assessment Center is where he's at. Um, and then our third boy went directly. He created his own job at Quad Graphics. They're the ones that print and put together like everything. Uh, but he's an electrical apprentice. They're paying for his schooling. Um, the little punk bought his first house when he was 20. Uh, when we moved, his big Quite brother. The deal. Yeah, his big brother rents from him. His little brother uh, cooks for him. That's his rent. Um, our fourth boy's in radiology. So he's going through actually a three-year program um, through both tech school as well as the hospital. And our, our youngest, Caleb, he's a sophomore. He doesn't know what he's going to do. We love you, Caleb, but you, know, you don't know what you're doing yet. So, it's, <laughs> so I'd say, uh, you know, 100%, we, we don't have kids that I know of that just decide just to sit around and don't do anything. Um, very few take, take uh, gap years. Sometimes they do. But typically, our, our students go off, and um, many of them go into University of Nebraska-Lincoln is one of the, the big ones in our area that they just love to go to. Both are internationals as well. Uh, mm -hmm. we got kids... Mm -hmm. Uh, this next year, I think, I think we got Penn State. Um, what else we got going on? Somewhere on the East Coast, we got a bunch of schools. Kids are kids are getting into schools, which is nice. 
Um, it helps when their grades are high and they work hard and, and, and so forth. But um, our, our kids go on and, and, and do really, really well. No, that's, that's great to hear. No, uh, you know, it's good to have, you know, multiple great schools, uh, school districts within, within our county. So it's good. It's great to, great to have that, that, that going on. Um, And, and, you know, you mentioned that too. I just got to, you know, as as a new guy in the area, um, you know, we're part of the Crossroads Conference and um, it's pretty intimidating when you get, you know, someone that doesn't have the superintendent license showing up at the superintendent, at the superintendent meetings that I go to every month. And the Crossroads Conference, uh, ladies and, and uh, men that are our superintendents, wow, what a, what a great group of, of educational leaders we have in this area. Goes beyond York County, but uh, just is amazing. They, they're very helpful, they're very welcoming. It's nice being back in this part of the country. No, it's, yeah, it speaks, I mean, it's a great testament to this region, like you just said. I mean, you know, our neighbors to the north in Polk County and then down in Fillmore Central, or down in Fillmore County, I mean, they're just phenomenal um, individuals that, like you said, yeah, are more than willing to help out at, you know, anyone for any reason. So it is very nice to have those types of resources within um, our region to be able to call upon, you know, for any questions that may arise. To transition a little bit to talk more about, a little bit about, more about you, you know, talk a little bit about what it was it like, you know, um, living in Gretna and then, you know, moving to Waco, you know, going from a, a larger city to a smaller, you know, kind of what was that transition like for you? Um, and then we'll, you know, kind of take it a little bit bigger and you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what it was like for you, you know, um, you know, Wisconsin versus California. You lived in a suburb of Los Angeles. And so I'd love to little bit, hear a little bit more about that. Like I said, growing up in Gretna, um, I loved it. I mean, we stayed out till the street lights came on, you know, and um, if, if mom or dad yelled your name out the front door, you better at least be able to hear it kind of a thing. But um, different world back then, I know, because I feel like I'm 100 years old, but I'm only 55. But um, able to ride your bike anywhere, go do stuff pick up baseball games in an in a empty lot, uh, playing basketball, We'd go down to North, over to North Park and, and watch all the high school and college kids play. And then hopefully they'll let you come play for a few minutes and you feel like, ooh, I'm with the big kids. Uh, but growing up there was, was a lot of fun. Um, mom worked in a post office and so she pretty much knew everybody. So that was mm-hmm. probably why they let me run all over town because if I screwed up, I knew mom was going to find out because someone <laughs> would let them know. But um, just, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, not sure how much I enjoyed baling hay and walking soybeans, but it was okay. It, it paid mm-hmm. the bills as, as well. And then coming to, you know, to, to Waco, um, the first year I lived in York, um, actually rode my bike a couple times from Waco to York. It was a little farther than I thought. Say, but, that is a little <laughs> bit of a distance. <laughs> so, well, end of the track season when uh, Utica used to have, what was it called, Cones Corners or something like that. It's over like where the gas station crossed. It used to have an ice cream place there. And so our last track, track practice of the year, Mr. Everts would always say, whoever can run all the way there, he'd buy an ice cream cone. So we'd have to run <laughs> down 34 and not get run over just for an ice cream cone. But he was kind of throwing it on the back of his pickup truck. But, um, <laughs> but living in Waco, it's, it's very peaceful. You know, it's... Um, we had teachers conference here last year for our um, schools that are in Colorado, uh, South Dakota, us, Kansas, and um, kind of a similar question they were asking, how you like it back? And I started smiling. I said, I sit in my backyard with a nice tea and watch the corn blow. I said, it's peaceful. I just being back, watching the birds and just, just having the, the slower lifestyle 
Um, it's not less busy, but it's just people will stop. Um, I live about, I don't know, three houses from the school. Uh, one day the first summer, it took over half an hour to get to school. Uh, I think it was three different peoples and cars stopped by, hey, you're the new principal. Uh, Mr. Stewart on the corner, I remember him from high school, uh, talking to Al and just visiting. And it's like, man, I got to get to work, you know, kind of a deal. <laughs> um, it's just, um, it, it just, it's just, that part of it's different. The, the same thing as people are people. If you get to know them, they're all great. Everyone's different and, and has their own outlooks on life, but overall they want what's good for each other and for their neighbors. And we have that here too in the village of Waco. Um, you know, even just little things like we are providing free lunches to anyone that, you know, wants them, especially our, our elderly or if they're, um, you know, immune system, they really shouldn't be out and about. Um, our, our staff, our lunch staff, is either dropping lunches off for them or they're coming by to pick them up at the back door for free and just getting together and helping each other out is is kind of neat and that's what's nice about being on, in such a small town and and York's the same way you know how do we help each other out it's it's just it's it's neat and then as as we traveled around you know there's differently there's different sorry there's definitely uh, different outlooks on life so to speak uh, different things that are more important um, I don't think anyone's going to hear this from there. If they do, I'll get over it. California is the most um, bandwagon fans I've ever seen in my life. I never could understand <laughs> that one. Uh, my students one year would be Lakers are awesome. Then like, oh, Lakers stink. It's like, hey, if they're your team, they're your team. You know, or why are you wearing <laughs> San Antonio? Yeah. yeah, it's like, why are you wearing San Antonio clothes? You live in Los Angeles. <laughs> but anyway, love them dearly. But um, Wisconsin, Nebraska, I tell you. Uh, Wisconsin history for the Packers, you know, they, I first taught up there, they were bad. And I thought, man, you guys are as good as the Nebraska fans and just never giving up on them. Uh, can't get a ticket to go to that place unless you want to, you know, pay someone else. Um, Nebraska, same thing for, for football. And yep. through the, there, there's no such thing as a, as a bad year as a Husker. It's just not as good. That's the way yep. I always call it. But um, being able to, to do that is, is, been been kind of cool but um you know arizona even though it's southwest it's still kind of west coast um kids are kids are kids you know and um the young man who graduated before i was here was from uh brazil and he was playing football up at, at wyoming and i remember listening to an interview that was given and said you know he came from this multi-million population to waco and I just remember the answer that, that he had given. It says, you know, when you go into a classroom, a classroom's a classroom. You know, it's a football field's the same size. You know, well, eight man smaller, I guess, but right. <laughs> same size. Basketball court, same size. Ball's the same size. Um, and it's the people. And it's the people that make it. And I tell you, everywhere I've lived, I've loved. Uh, people are a little bit different. Sometimes they sound different. You got a different accent. Well, but people are, are people. My, my mom grew up in Grand Island. My dad grew up in the big, huge city of Bolas, um, which is west of Grand Island. And most of my family, you know, lives in the central part, the whole Hastings, uh, Kearney, uh, Grand Island kind of area where so many of them grew up. And, and it's just kind of, I don't get together with them. That's sad. I, I got to make more time. But um, it's just nice to, to be back near your family. Uh, my so you said are, most of your family's yeah. still in like the you said in that Hastings Tri Carney Tri State area. I'd say the, the 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 family heritage. Um, okay. Two sisters. One oldest sister lives out uh, in the Panhandle in uh, the Kimberly area, and 
or Kimball area. Her name's Kimberly. And then my other sister, Christine, lives down in Leroy, Kansas. Um, okay. Down there, my folks are in Phoenix, though. They live out there. Um, West Valley, my one son lives on East Valley. So I'm three boys up in Wisconsin. So my wife's family are all, all from Wisconsin. So all your boys are up in Wisconsin still? Three, three of them are. Three of them are? And yeah. then the other ones in Arizona school? And oh, in sophomore and sophomore in high school here. So talk a little bit about the decision to go to, you know, the Lutheran High School, the Lutheran College. Um, where did that passion kind of come from? Where did you, was it at, was it at uh, Nebraska Lutheran when you realized you wanted to be a, 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 like an administrator and a teacher, you know, through um, your Wisconsin Synod? Or, you know, where did that kind of, that kind of come up? Yes, I'll call it church and home. Um Church, we, 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 grew, we went to church, in a little church is still there. It's called Good Shepherd. It's in Omaha, about on 50th and Center. Uh, so we drove about a half an hour. And I literally can only remember twice in my life not going to church. We went to church all the time. My dad worked at Western Electric uh, when it was there in the, in the West Side and in Millard and my mom post office. But we always went to church. And so that sense of serving others, you know, was, was just a big thing that Pastor Free uh, just always used to, to preach on. And then growing up, I grew up in a family that was very service oriented. Um, you know, mom, mom in the post office for all those years, um, she, she kind of retired early and became a counselor and has counseled. Um, my dad with his, he volunteered at church all the time. He also was uh, Gretna Park Board's chairman, uh, Gretna Neighbors chairman, I remember on Thanksgivings and Christmases going around delivering food boxes with dad, um, the, the city of Gretna, I hope they still do it, city of Gretna, the, all the businesses used to pool together and kind of have their own, um, I don't want to call it welfare because that's not what it was, but a hand, a hand out, hand up, mm -hmm. benefit stuff, uh, that they would help people that were in need. And so I just watched dad do a lot of that as well as mom. And just kind of wanted to do the same thing because I just adored my parents and um, definitely was not my, my dad was not my best friend growing up, uh, but we're very close now. I was, I was a mama's boy, still am, love mom, love hanging out with mom. Um, but just the, the whole idea of service and as, as the school started to open, um, our pastor and my dad worked really hard on me coming to Nebraska Lutheran. Yes, I left my mom out on purpose. My mom didn't want me here either. Um, so I get it when parents say, I don't want my child living in a dorm and, and not being home. Yeah, I get it. Because my mom didn't want it either. She was deadly against it. And we won her over too. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, getting to the high school and talking to the teachers um, just started to transition my life of, I like what they do. I mean, the integrity that I saw in my, in my teachers was, um, I thought it was really great in Gretna, which it was. But there was just a difference. Uh, the dip, there's a different purpose. We need great and powerful and wonderful public schools. And we need great and wonderful parochial schools too. Because it's about our students. We want our students to be um, great lifelong learners, citizens, and, and everything we have on our purpose statements. It doesn't matter if it's a, a private school or a, or a public school. But watching what they did and, and being able to serve for Jesus um, really helped transition that towards the end of my senior year deciding what I wanted to do. Uh, some of my public school friends, uh, they kind of would ridicule and tease me about, hey, how much money are you making yet? As much as I made my first year, and I just smile and I said, I'm fine, go away. 
Um, <laughs> but you, you do it to serve. And same thing with what you're doing. You do it because you love it. And so it, it you know, got me there. Um, I first thought I wanted to be a high school teacher and I got assigned in grade school and as principal and I tell you, I love those kids, the grade school kids too. Um, my wife is a teacher as well. And she, you know, I'm not sure if she's going to listen to this, but I'll throw her under the bus. She banned me from coming to her kindergarten room for several years because all I would do is make Rice Krispie treats out of uh, Fruity Pebbles and get the kids bouncing <laughs> off the walls. So she forbid me from bringing food to her classroom. Um, but, um, you know, I, I miss those little kids. And I got up to the high school at Wisconsin Lutheran High School for the first time. And I went, wow, it's just, kids are kids. They're just older and a little more, more mature and a little more immature in certain ways. Um, but it's just kind of fun. So I, I guess God's kind of led me to the, to the different places. The uh, college-wise was a simple one because I had to go there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, my master's degree was from Arizona State University and just thoroughly enjoyed that time. And um, actually just enrolled in this summer, I'll be starting at University of Nebraska Kearney taking a bunch of classes for the superintendent certificate too. So it'd awesome. be good to, be, good to be a loper too. No, yeah, definitely. No, that's a, also a great, you know, school. Lots of, you know, lots of educators there getting, you know, master's degrees in education. They have great programs. Um, very familiar. Um, so what are some other hobbies, I guess, um, that you've had? I, I, I was doing a little bit of uh, research before this, and I've noticed that you did some traveling. Um, so, you know, maybe talk a little bit about your, um, you know, your traveling and maybe some other hobbies that you maybe enjoy. I, I love to see the world that God's created. I love to meet people from different parts of the world, and that includes uh, the United States. Um, world travel, if I could afford it, I would travel all over the place. It, it's just a lot of fun. A uh, year after my wife and I got married, we visited her sister who was serving in the Peace Corps in Thailand. Uh, so we flew over to Singapore, went through Malaysia, Thailand for about a month, and that was just wonderful. And um, probably husband of the year was lost for 29 years because until our 30th anniversary, we didn't do another big trip, but went to Ireland, Scotland, uh, spent about two and a half weeks over there, did a train trip. Um, biggest percentage, I guess, of my heritage actually is in England and Ireland. And so it's kind of fun to, to head back over there and to try to learn a little bit more about that. Across the United States, it's been pretty simple. Uh, with five boys, you don't fly. Um, it's not because they're very well behaved, um, but plane tickets for seven, not happening. So mm -mm. Um, from, from the Wisconsin, Nebraska, Arizona, California, and everything in between, um, we drove and we would see things. And our kids have had so many experiences that we've been able to see uh, so much. And we still enjoy that. Um, even with meetings that I had to have this year, um, all of our high schools get together and with their spouses and there's a retreat in the end of January and it was down in Texas. So we drove to South Texas, my wife and I, we visited a few churches on the way, got to see a few things, uh, put a few miles on it, heading out to Albuquerque to recruit from there. Same thing. It's just kind of fun to drive, be able to see the countryside, um, see the different people, stop at the mom and pops kind of diners and talk to the local people, learn more about their area and what makes them tick and, and, you know, it's family and family and uh, country are, are big to, to everyone, I think. So it's kind of neat thing that, that ties everyone together. So I, I, yeah. I do like that. I, I do like traveling. Would love to travel more if, if I could. Um, I also like to read. I read a lot. 
Um, I actually love school, so I'm going back to Kearney. Um, I'm a nerd, like to do that. Love hanging out with Enjoy my living. family. Um, love, love movies. Um, love the escape of watching a good movie as well, whether it's 50 years old or just out. So, so do movie. you have a favorite movie? Oh, uh, favorite movie. Um, probably it's got to be um, Wonderful Life. I watch it every year. I'm, I'm just a nerd, but I, I love Clarence the Angel and love George Bailey and, and the message that's there. And, and I quit complaining about what could be. You know, God's got everyone where he's got you. Uh, it's not a religious movie, but it just ties in. Um, everywhere I've been, I know God's had me there for a reason. It's not because I wanted to leave where I was at. I've loved where I've been at. Um, but God puts you there, and you, you find out why. And if you start doing the what-ifs, it really spirals in the negatives. Uh, Monday with my class, we got done with our, our check-in meeting. Um, I made them all turn their cameras on. Said, I know it's first hour, so girls, put a hat on if you don't want us to see your hair. <laughs> but I, I made them all go around and how are you making the best of it? It's too easy to complain, too easy to make negatives. So that, what, are you, what are you doing with your family that you haven't done in a while? And it was really kind of neat listening to them. Um, some of them were like, I don't know. But some of them were really opening up and, and sharing that they're actually enjoy being with their families. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a neat uh, change as well. So um Derek. <laughs> no, you're all right. No, you're all right. Um, you were talking a little bit about your drives and everything like that. And those have been my favorite parts of my last job. I was a, a consultant for my fraternity. And so I traveled um, to different chapters and things like that. And plane tickets are too expensive for a nonprofit. So I was driving all, all of those different to different chapters and everything. So I got to see a lot of the East Coast. Um, you know, I had a project up in uh, Maine. So I was up in Maine for about three months. Um, you know, drove um, from Tennessee up to Maine. And so I got to see a lot of the East Coast. And then I had a trip a couple years ago where I was out in San Francisco and I rented a car and just drove up to Portland to meet a friend up there. And so I got to see a lot of, um, you know, the coastline there and uh, the Redwood Forest and everything like that. And yeah, those those long road trips, are, I mean, you get to see way more than you could in, in a, you know, a flight may be quicker, but, you know, those road trips are way more memorable. So you touched on it a little bit about what Nebraska Lutheran was doing as far as um, what you're doing with the school now and everything like that. Um, but what are kind of the, the thoughts uh, moving forward? Um, are you looking into what if we can't reconvene in the fall or I guess where are you at along in that process? For, for going forward, we are, I guess, hoping that we're going to have normal school next year, be able to have all the camp kids on campus start on time. But yeah, we, we have no choice. We have to plan what if there is a delay. And uh, to prepare for that, what's gonna be the best for the students? Um, how do we get it going? Uh, just in our faculty meeting this morning, we talked about if, if we do have normal school next year, um, every school around the country, that first quarter, there's gonna be a lot of catching up. There's gonna be gaps in learning. Um, online learning is difficult. And when you do it with this kind of a social impact, and psychological impact, mental impact um, of what's going on, it's, it's hard for the kids to do the same quality work. Now, with that being said, I'll just shout out to the sophomores. Holy smokes, the Religion 10 class I've got, uh, mostly sophomores, uh, just the quality work so many of them are doing, it's like, wow, I should have made them use their computers more uh, <laughs> quarters too. But, but anyway, but, but we're looking at, at, at that very same thing. You know, what can we do distance learning? 
might this transition to us because we have such a large geographic area we draw from? Uh, again, Southern South Dakota, um, all of Nebraska, a little bit of Western Iowa, Kansas. We go down to Oklahoma City. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma is in our, in our association. Might we find a way to do some hybrid distance learning as well as on-campus learning? Um, that's not really been discussed, but it's been kicking around in my head. So, uh, but it, these are thoughts, what can we do to, to reach our students? How can we serve them better? And our neighbors to the West, Colorado, there's a good shot that they may be, uh, they're being, I guess it's the rumor that they may be the whole first semester next year doing this. And I sure hope that's not the case for us. I hope we can find a way to, uh, to make this work. Um, never to minimize the contagiousness and the seriousness of this disease, but we got to find a way to make sure it doesn't cripple us. Uh, we got to right. be smart. We got to help each other out. Uh, but we also can't, um, we can't hurt our kids. And no, we're we, adults. We can't hurt our economy. We just got to find a way to, we will. We've always find ways to, to work, work through things that have been much worse than this. And so this is serious. We definitely want to do what we can, but we got to get, got to get people back to work, get kids back to school. Uh, but we got to do it in a, in a safe, smart way. And it's going to be different in a rural area than it's going to be in the big area. But with us, we have kids coming from the, the urban areas. So mm -hmm. we got to be smart with how we do that. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's unfortunate. I mean, there is no blanket solution. I mean, there's so many, I mean, with different things to take in consideration. Yeah, it would be tough to imply, you know, a blanket, blanket type resolution. Uh, Four Corners has been great in health department for... Uh, making sure we set things up the right way, what to watch for. Uh, we had one student that had to be in quarantine early on because of traveling. Uh, spring break, he went to um, California. So we had him in quarantine in a room and worked with Four Corners and our tutors worked really well with the, taking the temperature and monitoring and, and he was fine. It's, it's been more positive than negative, I, I guess. Because uh, again, it's good, too good. to focus on the negatives, but we can't control it. Um, right. The 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 less than 10, the not you know, being able to go to church in the building and so forth. There's no control over that. So we'll make the best out of it. And our, our pastors mm -hmm. have done that. Our teachers have done it. And I think for the most part, our students have really stepped up and, and done, done well um, also. No, that's awesome. No, it's great to hear that, you know, Nebraska Lutherans, you know, like a lot of our schools around here being able to uh, take this in stride as best as they can and being able to move forward and just keep you know focusing on the positives and what we can uh, you know do that w is within our control. Perfect. So I'm going to jump into the last, last little um, section I have here. It's our little rapid fire section. It's kind of the fun okay. thing I do at the end here um, for everyone that's managed to listen through. Um, it gives us kind of something fun to kind of wrap up with. So, um, what is your go-to restaurant in York County? You know, what's the place that you and your that you go to? Or I, I am not a homer. I am not a homer, but I'm still going to call it this Hunter's Lounge. You uh, bet. <laughs> I love going over seeing Brian and his people. They got the best burgers. I cannot have white flour. It's it just stomach wise and whatever. So they, they'll make the burgers with the uh, pumpernickel bread for me and everything. So um, their, their burgers, their steaks, their uh, prime rib. Um, I'm just sad they're only open Fridays and Saturdays right now. But since we're in York County, I'm, I'm giving Waco the shout out because Hunter's Lounge has always been, when I would drive through, we'd even come down 34 just to kind of pop in if we could. Brian runs a great place there. You know, I grew up here in York County. And so, yeah, going over there for wings. Um, there used to be a trap range just outside there. So whenever we 
um, we're trap shooting, we'd always come back in and get, get dinner afterwards. And so, yeah, no, it was phenomenal place there. Definitely. Um, so what's the go-to meal then at, um, at Hunter's Round? Is is it the burgers or what's the, like the Reuben. I usually go with the Reuben. Reuben? Reuben and and an adult beverage. There you go. Yeah. If it's (laughs) not too much Yeah. Um, what's your favorite book that you've, uh, read? You said you were a reader. So what's your, what's your favorite book that you've read? Oh, golly. Um, or at least favorite, maybe recently. Uh, it's kind of a weird one to, to kind of say, is it? Cause it's really more of a business one for me, but, um, the I gen generation, the generation mm-hmm. I gen kind of generation Z, uh, just how the, how kids tick and how they think and how it's so much different, how they're, you know, like my youngest son, he's 16. He doesn't have his license yet. He doesn't want it. You know, and I don't get it. I had my first car when I was in eighth grade and 14. Um, <laughs> so just how those those kind of kind of things think. Um, going back a few years, I'd probably say um, Lincoln on leadership, about Abraham Lincoln, how he just led the country during the Civil War. Just some some neat things. I, and pretty much anything history. What's your must-attend York County event? Is there um, an event in York County that um, is always circled on your calendar? I'd say it's probably, it probably almost has to be the parade in September. You know, our, our schools, yeah, yeah we, we march in it. We take our little coach bus on it and, and kind of walk around and hang out and get some food and, and see some people and thank any of the military people you can see. I love when the, the older gentlemen have their uniforms on and stuff, but um, I, I, I love the parade. Awesome. Um, and then with it being um, the NFL draft coming up. I got some interesting off the wall draft questions, I guess, that are out there. So you've been given an elephant and all the supplies that you need to take care of it for, for its life. You can't give it away or sell it. So what do you do with that elephant? What do you do with that elephant? Man, I think I would, I'd set it up in the back of school here and as soon, you know, less than 10, of course, less than 10 and we keep <laughs> six feet apart. I, I'd give elephant rides. I had the kids go for elephant rides. Um, kids of every size and shape, they could be 100 years old or they could be four years old. But I think give, give people some elephant rides, have some fun with it. Uh, if it can do some tricks, entertain the people and, and uh, let people love elephants. That's what I'd do. I think we need some elephant rides. I think that would uh, make us all a little happier during these times. Um, and then if you could describe yourself as a household appliance, how would you describe, which, what, which appliance would that be? Oh man, which one gets off track the most and starts things and goes, oh crap, I should go finish that. Um, so maybe, maybe the washing machine that doesn't always work the best. Um, <laughs> is it, it means it's, well, it means well, <laughs> eventually it'll get the job done. Uh, but sometimes it forgets. Uh, to you got to push that off. start button like halfway through That's again. That's right. That's right. So I'll, I'll go with the washing machine. I've never thought about that. I'll, I'll go with the washing machine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's, that's kind of all I had for the interview. I don't know if, is there anything that you kind of want to leave us with to kind of, um, you know, leave us um, thinking about Nebraska Lutheran or anything? Um, I, I guess just a, a, a thank, a thank you to everyone in our, in our greater community. Um, I, I know when the school first started, there was some, some questions about what's going on over there. Is that a reform school? You know, what's going on? And, <laughs> Um, again, the, the village itself took us in under its arms. They've always been helpful. And then the greater York County or to Seward County, um, just the greater area. It's just the, uh, the acceptance of us, um, the willingness to, to bring us in, whether it's the CRC or, or any, any things in the state. 
it's, it's just been a, a pleasure to be here and be part of, of this area and to be back home because I do, you know, this is home. Nebraska is my home. Uh, Nebraska Lutheran, it's, it's, it's not a big school, uh, but it's a school that's got, as I've told many people recently, it's got a big heart. It's for a family. We have each other's back. Um, probably about the 30th anniversary of the school, we drove back. First time I'd been able to come back because we're now living in Wisconsin. So I wasn't in the West Coast. We came to a football game. There was like an all-school, all-year reunion. And driving to York uh, that night to get to the hospital, hospital, <laughs> yeah, the hospital, sorry, to get to the hotel um, after, of course, being at Hunter's Lounge, um, <laughs> my wife turned to me and she said, you guys are weird. And I said, what do you mean you're weird? And she told me, I said, you hadn't seen that one guy since 1982 from the first graduating class. You haven't seen him since he graduated. Your one roommate from North Dakota, you haven't seen him since you graduated in 83. And you guys are talking like you were just together last week. And I said, now you know why I love this place. Uh, because I, I really do believe if anyone, anyone that, that we ever knew going to school together were to call and say, I need help. You know, it's, it's the George Bailey, money would come help would come. Uh, I think people would be there to help out. And that's, and that's not always the case everywhere. And I know not every single student that's gone through here has felt that way. And for those, I, I apologize and I feel bad because I wish everyone had that same experience that I had. And that's what I want for the students that are currently here and will come. I want them to think so highly of this school that it always is their school no matter what. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking time out of your day um, to sit with us. Um, we appreciate, you know, everything that you're providing um, to Nebraska Lutheran and to the, uh, to the community. And so we appreciate that greatly. And so um, thank you again, um, once again, to our subscribers, like, subscribe, review this podcast. It, it helps us grow. It helps us learn a little bit um, and let, get some feedback from our listeners. Um, and so that way we can you know, make this a better podcast for everyone. So thank you all for the listeners for support. And Skip, thank you again uh, for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be here. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thank you.